Hey, it's Sheila Renee, and this is No Worries Before 30s. I'm your host, Sheila, and today we're going to be talking about health and wellness before 30. I'm so, so, so happy to have my former co-worker and mentor, Nakia Wilkinson, here um, on the show. So we both share so much in common from being Black women lawyers, which only makes up 4% of all lawyers um, in the U.S., from having Jamaican roots and dealing with very critical health emergencies in our young lives, um, where we've had to make some last minute decisions that could really impact the rest of our lives. So please listen to how we've overcome and to our advice about seeking health care from professionals that have your best interest in mind. So without further ado, welcome. Welcome. Hey, 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 Sheila. Thank you so much for having me. And before we get started, I just want to applaud you and congratulate you on your podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. You're welcome. So do you want to give an introduction of yourself and tell the people who you are? Sure. I'm Nakia Wilkinson. I am an attorney, founder of Oxygen, and we'll talk more about Oxygen later, I'm sure. Yep. And um, as Sheila mentioned, we are co-workers. Hit, former co-workers hit it off pretty nicely especially when we found out we shared Jamaican roots I was just like hey <laughs> <laughs> man. I try, I, exactly I try not to do the um bullet fingers at work you know because that probably like raised red flags or whatever so I was just like boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 but yes, yes. yes and then we also connected because like you mentioned we did have you know similar health story well health scares and how we navigated that so yes i'm just excited to be here good yeah i'm so happy to have you it's rare that i meet somebody that that we fit in almost all those same categories like how exactly. we do so i think that it's wonderful that we're getting together to do this yes so, yes with that being said let's just dive straight into today's topic which is regarding health care and and staying well mm -hmm. physically um before 30. So with that being said, thinking back to your earlier days, your 20s, mm -hmm, early mm -hmm. 20s, how did you take Ooh. care of your health? <laughs> did you go to the doctors, the dentist, eye doctor, any of that? Yeah, so I would say early 20s, I didn't really pay much attention to my body or even really going much to the doctors. However, I did go to the eye doctor pretty often because I have an astigmatism. And so I couldn't see at night and when I needed to drive. So I always had to get glasses and prescription. And so that's probably the only doctor that I really frequent in, in, den in the dentist because I try to have good teeth, you know, <laughs> good <laughs> dental hygiene. Uh, but yeah, but really paying attention to my health in my 20s, I didn't. I kind of ate what I wanted. You know, you want to lose a 10, 15 pounds, so you'll exercise. But didn't really go to the doctor to, you know, make sure I did any preventative maintenance um, as it relates to my health. So, mm -hmm. yeah. But I probably should have, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking back, yeah. Exactly. That was early, yeah, exactly. Thinking back, I was definitely early 20s. But late 20s, I will say, yes, I started to go, you know, to the doctors a little bit more often because you're getting older. And that's when I started experiencing some of my health issues um, as it relates to, you know, a heavy menstrual cycle and some of the things that I was feeling. So late 20s, I would say that's when I got more um, 
in tune to what my body and listening to what my body said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Like once I started having issues, that's when I was like, let me actually go to the doctors. But in exactly. my early 20s, which was only a few years ago, you know, I was say, oh my gosh, like <laughs> yesterday, you mean? <laughs> in my early, early 20s slash college days, I low key felt invincible like i wasn't Mm -hmm. sick all the time or anything so basically i went like once a year for my women womenly checkup annual Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. at that time i was feeling awkward i mean i felt awkward about my body anyways as a young person and so when the doctors are like all right now get naked so we can examine you i'm kind of like isn't that just like weird when that happens just like yeah just taking the clothes like you mean like all of it uh, yeah, you know, just from below the waist, but that's, that's, that's like that's like all of it to me, like for real, like that's the, that's the part that matters. So. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It, it creeped yeah. me out that they're like, yeah, get naked. We're gonna step out just to step back in to look at you. Exactly. Naked. What is that about? I, I definitely want. I guess maybe it's like the the taking off the clothes where it just feels a little super uncomfortable. But you're gonna see me anyway, so. Okay, but yeah, I always had that question like, why just stay in exactly? Exactly, I mean, <laughs> we're turn, family now, I exactly. Mean, just close. face the door, exactly. <laughs> just face the door, so just turn around. I mean, I don't know, <laughs> exactly. So, when I think about that and how much things have changed now to my late 20s, I go to the doctor like all the time. I mean, half of it is because I have to, but the other half yeah. is because. I know better, so I try to mm-hmm. do better. So in addition yep. to the regular checkup stuff I have, I'm like, all right, anytime I have an issue, let me mm-hmm. go ahead and schedule an appointment with my provider. And especially yep. now during these times with um, us having access to telehealth, I'm like, all right, yep. let me go ahead. This this will be simple. You know, mm-hmm. let me go ahead and schedule something. So I do feel like there's been more changes. I'm less fearful. I'm still pretty uncomfortable getting fully undressed. But yeah. outside of that, <laughs> I'm okay. I don't know where you will ever overcome that. And I there's maybe some people who are like completely comfortable with just like getting getting naked. I mean, you're in your own home, but for a stranger, a stranger, right? Until they become that provider, that trusted provider, you know. So, yeah, exactly. it's just weird. And that's key. You <laughs> hit it right on the nail. Like, how difficult is it to find that right provider, primary care doctor? Have you found one? What was your experience? Yeah. Um, oh, my experience is pretty unique because I was on the hunt for a, a, prim- a primary care doctor. Um, just that trust, right? You want to find a doctor who you can trust, who you can just lay it all out there with and just say, this is what I'm experiencing. This is what I think is happening. I have to trust you. And we know that it's been talked about. You hear it on the news, especially this year with covid and how it affects the African-American community or the minority community. And so you hear, you see articles, op-eds, documentaries, et cetera, about the mistrust or distrust of doctors in our community, rightfully so, because we know some of the things that happened, like the Tuskegee experiment and and, um, how gynecologists, they were performing these surgeries um, on slaves Mm -hmm. where they were not 
in, in under any type of anesthesia uh, anesthesia and so you know because we, we tend to not have pain so it was right. said back then or that was a thought and so you have this warranted distrust and it trickles down whether you know you have it or not right mm -hmm. so when you're looking for a doctor we call them providers and that's just what they're doing they're providing so just like with your parent you trust your parents why because they provided for you for all these years so if you have something that you need to go to them for advice you know uh comfort empathy those are the same things we're looking for with the doctor mm -hmm. because in those situation we're talking about in some people for some people it's a life and death situation for other people maybe you know it could be fertility and so they want to increase life you know they want to have offspring preserve life whatever it is you know those things are just back in your mind so when i was looking for a doctor i'm like okay i want someone you know do i get someone who, who looks like me who can i feel like can understand me mm -hmm. that was important for me as well like will you understand what i'm going through sometimes it's not just about the condition but it's the whole me um so yeah it was it was hard and then i finally found um two doctors of course i have my primary care and then i have my OBGYN. and how i found my OBGYN was because <laughs> the first time i met her was the first time she performed surgery on me oh wow yeah, yeah. wow exactly um and i guess she did a good job because you know now she's my OBGYN. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i really didn't i didn't have much i didn't have any say or much time to think about it i mean an emergency situation i mean i could quickly go into that if you want but um yeah last year um i was going heading out of town with my my boyfriend and i'm now fiance Ooh, and yes um, fiance hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um we were going out of town and um i just feeling this extreme pain i'm like what is this pain it was familiar in the sense that i had felt this pain before i had prescribed ibuprofen but it was a lot more intense and so i was like okay well let me just go pop this prescribed ibuprofen and we're gonna roll out well i couldn't keep the ibuprofen down and so i'm like okay if i'm just consistently throwing up and i can't take this pain medicine we're not going anywhere mm -hmm. so i'll try to lay down that didn't work and i was like okay we need to go to the emergency room now this is this is something i don't know what it is to go rewind months prior to this event i went to the doctor for pain in my lower abdomen i'm saying i'm feeling this pain it could be the stomach flu i had coworkers saying oh maybe it's the stomach flu because it's going around the office go test for that nope don't have it had another friend who was like oh it could be diverticulitis i'm like oh can you guys test for that mm, you're probably too young for that but mm -hmm. we'll test you anyway test for that mm, no came back well i don't know didn't necessarily know what it is here goes like i said ibuprofen pain med just take whatever you feel it it comes and goes it wasn't like it was an everyday uh pain it would come and go so all right cool when it came did it and it was fine but like i said with this emergency i couldn't it, nothing worked and when i got to the emergency room they were just like oh it could let's do um mri and see if maybe it's your ovary because you do mm -hmm. have two cysts well let me let me pause right there like mm -hmm. what actually brought you to the emergency room like can you explain like the type of pain you're going into oh, okay. when you're like all right i, I can't just pop pills <laughs> i'm hoping this time we're gonna have <laughs> yeah. to actually go pain okay so i describe it as imagine if someone was inside your abdomen 
and they were taking a serrated knife and running it across your abdomen while mm. twisting at the same time. Oh my That's God. That's what it felt like. And it was, so it was this burning sensation that I was feeling with this cramping sensation and it was, it intensified. And so some people, when I described it, it was like, oh, that sounded like you were having a contraction. I'm like a contraction. (laughs) (laughs) Contraction, what? What am I contracting for? So, but that's what it felt like. Mm -hmm. And so that, because I was feeling it, and like I said, I couldn't keep the ibuprofen down and I was thrown up uncontrollably. I was like, no, this is emergency room. Let's go. Because I couldn't bear the pain. And um, like I said, it was a cyst that caused uh, ovarian torsion. And, you know, I'm laying there um, doped up at this point because they give me some 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 drugs to help with the pain. And he's like, well, you know, there's two options. You can wait if you're uncomfortable doing um, having surgery now, but your ovary may die um, or you can just do surgery. And I was like, uh, OK, so what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Well, if you do surgery, you know, we had to tell you everything that can happen you can possibly lose your ovary um you know you also have a fibroid that needs to be removed too so we might as well just do that as well so you know if it comes to a point where your life is at risk it's we're going to save you so Mm -hmm. if we have to take your if we have to take your uterus we'll do that to save you wow and i was like whoa so how are you feeling when they just kept laying all this information on you? Like, all right, you have to make this decision and right now as you're in the ER. Yeah. Well, I was high, like I said. like, <laughs> 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 so, but no, but no, seriously. Um, I was just like, wow. That was just, you just unloaded a lot of data on me. One, you laid on me that I'm, this is what it sounded like to me, but you, this is how I translated when I heard it. You're imperfect. You may not be a mom. You may die. If you don't die, you may not be a mom. Yeah. But you're still imperfect. It made me feel like I did something. Mm-hmm. And now I'm paying for whatever I did because there's a possibility that everything that I hoped and dreamed for may not happen if I make this decision. Mm-hmm. And if I don't make this decision, I'm in the same boat. So what do I do? So I had to lean on my faith and really just trust and believe that, okay, God's got me and I'm going to go for, even if it's just 1% or even if it's just a half percent chance that I will survive this and they will be able to save my ovary, then I'm going to take this, I'm going to do the surgery. And that's what I did. Yes. Yeah. That's what happened. Yep. Good. So what walk me through what happened like after the surgery, like how are you feeling then? Like, did you still have those same thoughts? I'm still imperfect. There's a lot going on. Or are you like, woo, this is over. Now I can move on with my life. There's some after effects, right? (laughs) After. They woke me up. The very first question I asked was, do I still have my ovaries? The very first question. Mm -hmm. I didn't ask this. Do I still have my ovaries? What are they intact? Are they working? 
and you know they were like yep we were able to to save what we saved and you know everything should be fine and all of that and they were like okay well clearly you know you were in your right mind because you, that's the first question you asked so they didn't have that concern of you know maybe some after effects of the you know surgery or whatever and then i just went up to my room and just like i didn't at that moment i didn't think about the what ifs the negative thoughts anything i just shut it all down and i said okay i'm going to heal god allowed this for a reason I'm going to figure out what that reason is and I'm going to go at it full force and head on. Mm -hmm. That's what I resolved in the hospital. And that's what I did. Now, after when I get home in recovery, of course, as I'm home, I'm not working, you know, I'm by myself. I'm thinking now, naturally I'm a thinker. I think about everything and I'm like, Ooh, I just had surgery. What if something didn't go? What, what if the scar tissue? I'm, I'm reading the procedure. What if the scar tissue? What if this? Like, what if I can't have kids? What am I going to do? You know, like, I'm imperfect. I'm, 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 you know, no longer am I, am I going to be desirable if I can't have children? Like, all these things was just thinking, and I got depressed. And I remember one time I just was sitting on the couch and I just started crying out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I remember having a journal and writing everything down that I was feeling because I wanted to, when I go back to my, for my post-op visit, I could tell the doctor everything, my doctor, everything that I felt. So I was just writing things down, like, okay, I'm feeling a little depressed today. I cried, my back is hurting, you know, um, breathing, everything. I'm just thinking blood clots, because, you know, blood clots are a concern Mm -hmm. after surgery. So I'm like, okay, let me make sure um, I don't, do I feel anything that could be possibly blood, blood clot because I don't have the, the little compression garment things that they give you in the hospital. I'm like, yeah. I don't have one of those. So, you know, let me try to yeah. elevate my leg. Let me move around. Let me walk. Yep. And then having gone from a person who's super independent and do everything for myself to now relying, you know, on others to help me with stuff. It was just like, whoa, this is a lot. And I didn't plan for any of this. Mm-hmm. And no one prepared me for any of this. So it was just, it was a lot. Like those were the feelings that I, I experienced. Yeah. After. And they're yeah. valid. Absolutely valid to be yeah. thinking of that. Now, what about like your work life and, and social life? I feel like sometimes there's pressure automatically on us, or maybe mm-hmm. we put the pressure on ourselves that we just yeah. need to do good work all the time. So when you go through something like that, what were your thoughts? Like, were you, were you still thinking I need to be my best or? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I thought I had to go even harder because mm-hmm. now, you know, I'm like, that imperfection was there right Mm -hmm. we know that we're not perfect people and no one is perfect there's some people who believe they're perfect and you know they probably will argue against me in that in that point and which is fine everybody's entitled to their own opinion but you know you have the added pressure let's be real as in this and i'm speaking for myself because you know and and i've talked to friends about this as well but as an african-american woman as a woman in general we just saw this is rubric i I watch the news you you just saw with with uh dr jill biden and what's going on with that and being discredited about being a doctor and all that Mm -hmm. you know it's hard being a woman and then being an african-american is even harder right you want to do good work oftentimes you're one of the team in the team Mm -hmm. you're a team you know you're the only 
black person on a team or in your whatever area it may be. Um, so you have that pressure. And to say that you're not gonna show up because you got a health issue, do you have space for that? Like that was a question, do I have space for that? Do I have an, a valid enough reason to say, you know what, today I can't turn in this assignment because I'm not feeling well, I have mm -hmm. cramps. For one, cramps, anything related to that, in my opinion, is severely undermined. You just have cramps, just take some medicine, mitol, whatever it is. And that's not the case because in my situation, it was debilitating. I have, of course, you have the mental health aspect of it as well, right? Mm -hmm. Not only physically am I hurting, mentally I'm hurting too. So if I had an outward injury where, let's say, I got in an accident, a car accident or something, and my, my leg or arm was injured in there, I think, you know, of course, you'll have people who empathize with you and say, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm sorry you were in this accident. You know, they can they can visibly see the pain you're in and they can see, you know, the cast or whatever. And I think you automatically not automatically, but I think that you will probably get that sympathy, empathy from the person. But you can't see my internal wounds. I can just tell you that, yeah, I had this. But on the outside, I look fine. Mm hmm. So I don't think that you could make that connection to say, well, no, I did have an injury, mm -hmm. a physical injury. It's just internally, you can't see it. And mentally, it does something. So how to justify what I'm feeling if you can't even see it? Do you believe me? So I got to show up. And that's what I felt. And, you know, I did. You know, I, I pushed through and said, OK, I'm going to, you know, get back to work because I do want to get back to work. I do want to be in a team. And the other thing is you feel like you leave, you're you leaving your team hanging. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a planned surgery. Right. So what was on my desk was on my desk. And I'm like, OK, well, I want to make sure that I get to these things because I didn't plan for this. Like I plan to just go back to work on, on that Tuesday. And we had it was Labor Day weekend. So we were off that Monday. I was like, I'm just going to go to work that Tuesday. And that was in case. So, yeah, I would say there, there's pressure. It was definitely pressure, but, you know, I, I pushed through that and then I allowed myself to forgive me and for me to understand me and set boundaries. That's the one thing I would say. One of the things I took away from this experience is set boundaries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing mm -hmm. your story. Everything no that yeah. you said you just hit it like you took the words out of my mouth <laughs> what i was gonna say like people yeah. look people understand physical health issues to your example if you got your arm cut off we can see that we're like oh, okay you're yeah. hurt blah 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 yeah. versus anything else outside of that i don't know i mean people say they understand but do they really <laughs> yeah because you look fine right you yeah. don't have the evidence is not on you it's not visible to the eye because it's internal so you look fine you look like yourself so it's like well okay brush it off and like i said for whatever reason when it comes to women um i think when it in my case with anything that's with the reproductive system i think it just doesn't get the same level i wouldn't call it respect it's not the right word but 
I don't know, important as something else. It's just period cramps. Like they minimize PMS. Oh, she's just crabby. No, she could legit be going through depression Mm -hmm. because of what's happened, what her, the hormonal changes, like that's serious, you know? So yeah, it's serious. I'm going to get off my soapbox. I'm loving it because I would be on my soapbox. (laughs) I am loving all of this because this is a serious matter, serious conversation. So I appreciate that. And just like I was saying in our introductions, we have some things in common, which, you Mm -hmm. know, like I also had a very, very serious health condition and I kept thinking, like going back and forth in my mind, is this the right time to share this, you know, mm-hmm, publicly? Mm-hmm. I, I got so scared because I don't know. I I talk to people about it, but like one on one, you know, exactly. in small groups, but never like mm-hmm. just out for the world to hear. So this yeah. is really hard, you know, to to share for me, yeah. at least. But I. I, I wanted to share this because of my age and part of the mm-hmm. reason of starting this podcast is to inspire people to do more things before they hit the big three zero. And one mm-hmm. of those things is taking care of your health. And I know we yeah. joked around yeah. and we were saying, Oh, you know, we thought we were kind of invincible. But one mm-hmm. thing that I learned is that my body absolutely was not invincible yeah. because yeah. when I was 24 years old two four, yeah. I was diagnosed with cancer, stage three. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, stage three colon cancer. My God. And it changed my life forever. I mean, if y'all don't know, there's only four levels of cancer. And four is the highest. And I was at three. I can't remember if it was like 3A or 3B, but whatever it was, I was my mm. own doctor looking up on WMD, like WebMD, like what are the <laughs> chances see what is, of woof. survival, right? How and, did you, how, how did you handle that? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, at they, 24. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's highly rare, first of all, mm-hmm. for that to happen. It happens in a lot of older people and it happens in men. Like when I think of cancer yeah. for women, I think of breast cancer and ovary mm-hmm. cancer. Ovarian cancer. And mm-hmm. No offense. Those are some of the sexier ones that everybody knows about. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we don't mm-hmm. all know about it, but every mm-hmm. October we celebrate. But when yeah. I had this weird random colon cancer, I'm like, what? But cancer, this doesn't make sense. What's going on? So I felt imperfect yeah. and I felt like, yeah. what did I do? Maybe did I didn't do? eat the right things. Maybe I didn't yeah. exercise right. Like I did feel a lot of pressure. Like, why is this mm-hmm. happening to me? And not only why is it happening, why is it happening to me right now? I was yeah. a third year law student, like wow. getting ready Last to year. graduate. My gosh. Yeah. yeah. So like, even processing that, I know that was hard, but what, what, like, how did you know to even go to the doctor? Like, what were the symptoms you expect mm-hmm. you were experiencing to even go to check it out to just, you know, cause I think we will see things we could just brush it off. Like, but in your case, what, what sparked you to go? Yeah. So my story again is somewhat similar to yours. I started having stomach cramps and Mm. it was bad and everybody kept brushing it off like, oh, it's just the time of the month or, oh, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Your stomach is just hurting. And so me, I just I felt like 
I always listen to my body and I feel mm-hmm. like my mom always told me as a child, like, listen to yourself. You are listen always right, yeah. Sheila. So yeah. I kept going over and over again back to the mm-hmm. doctors, even after they told me I was fine. I was like, look, I'm not fine, actually. My mm-hmm. stomach really does hurt. And I'm mm-hmm. not able to articulate it because they were asking me all these questions. Like, does it feel yeah. like a knife or does it feel like mm-hmm. somebody punched you? And I'm like, look, exactly. I don't know. I don't know. I just know that it hurts <laughs> and I can't right. articulate that. So going right. back to your point about we have to be able to trust our providers, you know, Mm -hmm. who were with so that they can understand the pain that I'm going through. So yeah, my stomach was really hurting. I found blood in my stool. And I mean, those were really it. Those are the only two symptoms that I had. And after I went to the doctors enough times, I don't know, maybe three, at least three, three or four times, they're like, well, we think that you're fine. You just need to eat fiber, but just in case, let's run a CT scan and make sure that everything runs clear. I never had that done before, so I was like, all right, cool, whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And (laughs) I needed to schedule the appointment, actually, because it wasn't at that particular doctor's office. And because they told me I'm probably fine, just schedule this, you know, later, I'm thinking, I can do this whenever, you whenever I have exactly. time. You got time. <laughs> exactly. So a few months later, I finally scheduled the daggone appointment and they were like, hmm, it's this uh, scan is a little bit abnormal. Again, the C word was not used at all during this time. They were just yeah. like, this is kind of abnormal. We actually want you to get a um, colonoscopy. And I was like, colonoscopy. <laughs> That's for old people. Like, <laughs> yeah. what do you mean? And old men. Old men. Yeah. yeah. So I, at this point, even though this sounds crazy, I still wasn't alarmed yet because nobody, you know, told me exactly, exactly rang the alarm. what yeah. was going yeah. on. They were just yeah. like, this is another check that we have to go through. Mm-hmm. So I go get the colonoscopy done. And I was even scared to tell my mom. I finally told her last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, can you come? And I think also uh, my best friend was there because you can't yeah. like drive, you know, afterwards exactly. because yeah. they sedate yeah. you. And yeah. so um, I, they, I did get the procedure done. And immediately mm-hmm. after, my life changed for real because the doctor, I can't remember anything else that happened that day, but I know that he came back out. And as soon as I woke up, I too was like fully conscious. And I'm like, it's okay, how did it go? Yeah. What yeah. happened? And he was like, I believe you have cancer. And just like that, just like that, <laughs> like he didn't play around or nothing. He just dropped it on us. Whoa. And so I don't even remember what I said. I know we were just looking crazy. Me and my mom were both looking at each other crazy. Like what? Right, what? And so after that, we really didn't have time to process a whole stream of nurses started coming into my room and oh everybody was like, do you mind if we pray for you right now? Oh my gosh. So Whoa, that is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. All at one so time. It's a lot. It really was. And even though I'm a person of faith, when I saw that, my response to that is, oh, this is serious. Like, this I is real. Right now, because these nurses who I don't even know are like, let's touch and agree and pray for you. So Whoa. this is making so me cry. So how did you feel about in that moment when they came into your room? And I know this is your interview. I feel like I'm going you. <laughs> <laughs> like, when they came into your room and said, let's pray, and you said touch and agree, like, your faith kick in because for me that's 
what I had. Like my faith just kicked in right then because I felt like that's the only thing that I had at that moment. Like, was did you feel that way too? Mm-mm, no. And let me really? tell you why. Mm-hmm. I, I It did kick in, but not in yeah. that moment. In that moment, okay, okay. I was just still trying to process. So I yep. was like, cancer and then people praying wow. for me who I don't know so I, I wasn't even thinking about that honestly then it wasn't until later much later that I thought about it probably I don't know when I finally heard the option so after I was diagnosed mm-hmm. they said okay so there's two options either you can have surgery and we can probably go in and remove everything and be done yeah but if the surgery doesn't go well or we're not able to get all the cancer out, you'll have to go through chemo too. Wow. So I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> and then I had emergency mm-hmm. surgery to wow. remove the daggone cancer. All of this happened in like weeks. So wow. yeah, my it happened weeks. So I mean, even though it wasn't emergency surgery, I didn't have a lot of time to prepare to look for doctors. But it that. was emergency, though. It was emergency surgery. It it was because it was an emergency. Yeah. And time was up to essence. So it was an emergency surgery. It just was a more of a planned one, but it still was an emergency. Exactly. So yeah. that's when my faith started to kick in because when I heard okay. there was two options, I was like, God, please let them get everything. Yeah. out of me during just the surgery so I could just be done. I want to be able to study yeah. for the bar. I had the surgery yeah. before I even graduated law school. It was like the end of May and oh then my we graduated goodness. like in June. So I was like, I just want to have the mm. surgery so I can walk across exactly. the stage and be good. Yeah. And we just got to put a plug in here for those listeners who have not gone to law school. The bar is a beast. Yes. Your third year trying to get everything together yeah is a beast yeah the the mental capacity you have to even pr- prepare yourself to even sit for the bar is a beast so to have gone through that can we just give sheila a round of applause <laughs> for that because Thank seriously you. you are a champion to have gone through all of that and then still be able to move forward with your plans to become an attorney so thank you Thank You're you welcome. so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, it, it was a beast. I mean, to to try to take all of my finals early to pass so that I can walk across the stage and, and not be bothered with the surgery stuff. It, it took tremendous amount Man. of time and effort, but I did it and I pushed through. Yeah, the you doctors did it, were girl. all like, you no, did it. you need to wait and school can be later. And I'm like, no, this is all that you I have it. my wow. mindset for. Wow. So anyways, we had the surgery and um everything went okay they were able to get the cancer out but um and i'm not a medical doctor so i Mm -hmm. may be screwing this up but there was something attached to the lymph nodes and they were Mm -hmm. like when that happens you're gonna have to also have chemotherapy and i started crying because i was like god why did you do this to me yeah yeah. just do the surgery be done with all of this and they were like no no sister you are actually gonna have to go through chemo Mm. and in addition to that because of your age you're gonna also have to try to do the egg freezing process if you want to have kids because chemotherapy could mess that up yeah possibly make you not have kids later and i'm like 
My yeah. God, I'm 24, 24 years old. That is <laughs> lots of press to process. If I'm not mistaken, I don't think your brain fully developed until you're 25. So you exactly. are making life decisions having a fully developed brain. Exactly. And mine, yeah, I was with my boyfriend well he's my fiance but my boyfriend at the time but we wasn't married or nothing so i'm like i don't yeah, know, like, I don't know yeah. what's gonna happen in this world if we're gonna get married and have kids like it was just too much to think about wow, but i man. was like you know what i have to make this decision and i have to make it almost immediately because you had to hurry up and go through that process before you can do the chemo and i needed the mm -hmm. chemo urgently so i can try to get rid of the cancer so i'm like okay doctors this is cool i'll go ahead and um go forward with the egg retrieval process and get the eggs frozen and they're like cool now we forgot to tell you this isn't covered by insurance <laughs> this is a separate process that you have to pay out of pocket and i was oh my like God. what i was not understanding so that was crazy and i mm. i at that point that's when my faith stepped in a lot yeah. like i was going yeah. to church like never before yeah. i was praying yeah. <laughs> talking to god because i said god i cannot i can't do this that's a lot you. that is a lot yeah you can't yeah yeah that's exactly how can we exactly come up that. with ten thousand fifteen thousand dollars cash and my family didn't have that in the bank i yeah. was not even working like it correct was, it being was in law school nearly impossible Power. but i tell you what i was sitting in my apartment and mm -hmm. one of my other girlfriends was there and I was mm -hmm. like, I'm gonna write a GoFundMe <laughs> and I don't care if people laugh at me, but I really need help. And I've been Absolutely. nothing but genuine and I'm just gonna shoot my shot and see what happens. Yeah. And do you know, Nikki, that in three days, three, we raised wow. over the amount of wow. the money and I was able to walk in on like that Monday and paid for the whole procedure like in cash wow and that's faith man faith. See, you just faith. have faith that works is dead you just have to do it i'm telling you yeah wow and then and then not only that but to be vulnerable right and i think that's another big important part about health you know we we, we talk about health and you know there's moments where where you know we're laughing even through this interview but to have the presence of mind to be vulnerable yes. before, like we know the outcome now. So of course we can talk about it, but to be vulnerable in the moment and before knowing what the outcome is, that is huge. And I mean, it's major. It really is yeah. because so many women suffer in silence. Exactly. I, was, I suffered in silence because A, I, I didn't think you should complain about a period problem mm -hmm. right you don't complain about oh i, I have cramps and it, it really really does hurt and it's really serious or i'm bleeding it's embarrassing to say that i'm bleeding all over the place yeah. like legit bleeding all over the place and had so many embarrassing moments and to be vulnerable now i'm being much more vulnerable because i want to help somebody else so the fact that you set up that gofundme account like i'm telling you like you know I applaud you so much. I keep on saying I applaud you, but I really, really do. <laughs> Thank I you. It impressed. was God. It was God. It was all the people <laughs> that donated, but God had his hand in that because only he yeah. would know that that many people would step up would just step the up. right amount, just, just right in time before right the time. procedure. Even That's happened. how it works. 
That yeah. is how it works, man. Yeah. Wow. So wow. you talked Blown about away. you talked about being vulnerable, and I, I can't mm-hmm. um, go without saying that through my chemo process, I felt like I. I held back some. I was like, I was already so vulnerable. Y'all know my whole yeah. story. I had surgery. I had to reach out publicly to ask yeah. for money. Yeah. So it yeah. was embarrassing. So then I was like, let me just chill out and, and kind of go through this process on my own. And and things were graphic. You talked about blood. Yeah. I also had blood, but it was in my yeah. stool. So I can't well, be like, yeah. y'all want to know what I saw today? <laughs> like nobody wow. has time for that. And nobody, you know, really wants or needs to mm-hmm. know that but mm-hmm. it was something that i was going through and not yeah. even just those kind of mm-hmm. symptoms but feeling nauseous all the time i always mm-hmm. felt like i had to throw up my medicine was making me sleepy and crazy yeah. and then the mental yeah. part of it was yeah. i kind of felt like uh to your point like people can't see what i'm going through because mm-hmm. when you think of cancer you think oh your head is shaved off Oh, you lost 50, 80 pounds. That right. didn't happen to me because of what I had. I looked mm-hmm. fine. I looked my normal mm-hmm. self. So mm-hmm. I didn't know if people were judging me. Like, uh-uh, that girl is lying. our money. Like, I have no idea. And all these thoughts just kept coming in my mind. And I was like, God, I, I need you. You know, I, I probably mm-hmm. also should have saw a mental health professional, but mm-hmm. I, I also was turning Lesson to learned, God. right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, listen, that that's the other thing too, you know, seeking mental, pro- because there is definitely a connection between the mental and the physical, and it was siloed, right? Now, I think healthcare is catching up where they're doing the total health and looking at the total individual. So now they're, you know, looking at the physical aspects and the mental aspects. Um, but for a while, it was partitioned, right? It was just separated. Mm-hmm. You just you had a doctor for physical, and then you went and saw, as a quote-unquote, call it a head doctor to go mm-hmm. see, you know, what's going on in your head. And it, and, and and we associate that with being crazy, mm-hmm. but we don't associate physical pain with being crazy or something ne- necessarily ne- negative, right? Mm-hmm. Necessarily negative. And that was something that I had to deal with, too, was like, okay, do I now go see or get a therapist to help me mm-hmm. through these things? Like I have the doctor for the physical, but do I go see therapists? And I did see a therapist now. It was a little later, but it, you know, in therapy, those things came up and I learned the power and benefit of having a therapist, taking care of your whole self, the total you. I had mm-hmm. to do what I call introspective health care. Mm-hmm. That's where I took my health care in my hands and I had to look within. I had to say, okay, the third person, Nikia, what do you want for your health? How does it need to look? Are you okay physically? Are you okay mentally? Are you okay spiritually, emotionally, financially? That's another aspect, right? Mm-hmm. And I had to look at all these areas. I could not look at them silo. I had to look at them all together because this is what made me me. And this essentially affects and impacts my health as an individual. Can I show up? Can I be present when somebody needs me to present? Can I be on it? Right. Can I, am I, am I physically fit enough to do those things that I need to do? And when I did that introspective healthcare, I saw so many areas that can be improved upon. Mm-hmm. And that even sparked me to even start sharing my story mm-hmm. and talking to other individuals, younger women, I saw older women, family members, friends, men. And, you know, that led me to oxygen, creating that and some other things. And so, yeah, 
I think it's so important to definitely do that introspection. It's it's critical. And um, yeah. one one point that I wanted to bring up was we do have to look inwardly. I feel like at the time I kept looking outwardly. <laughs> like I, I was yeah. so bothered with what was going on around me. All of my mm-hmm. friends are getting the jobs of their life. Oh my God, They're girl. All Talk about it. Leaving me behind, you mm-hmm. know, going mm-hmm. on vacation. Meanwhile, God humbled me. I was living at home as a grown up, you know, with my mom mm-hmm. and sisters. No mm-hmm. job. Just. He was crazy. Like, the only mental, he know how. <laughs> the mental aspect yeah. of it is yeah. crazy. Yeah. But, you know, there's a saying that the last will be first. And... The last will be first. <laughs> you know what? Having being humble, and I know that, you know, I don't want to go too much into the, into the, the, the preaching session, but, uh-huh. you know, but humbling <laughs> yourself, having God humble you, he humbled me. And it was the best thing that happened mm-hmm. for me. Because it made me a better person. It made me more appreciative. And it actually drew me closer to him and in my walk, in my faith. And like I said, you know, when I was just talking about introspection, it made me look at certain things spiritually as to how my faith. I didn't know that I was going to have any of these health, like these health, this health scare or health issues. But I had to 100% rely on my faith to Mm -hmm. believe that it was going to be okay. You know, when the doctor, one point I didn't talk about was when the, when the doctor before performing the operation said, you know, um, you're anemic because of the fibroid and having, you know, very heavy, heavy flows. He said that, you know, two women he had performed surgery on, they both needed to have a blood transfusion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if you need a blood transfusion, you know, that's, you know, it, it's available. You have to do the matching with the proper blood and all of this stuff. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it could be a risk. Things are on the go. And I'm like, a blood transfusion? Wait, hold up. Time out. I went from having a period problem. Now you're talking about blood transfusion, ovary mm-hmm. loss, all this stuff. It's like, what? God, no. Oh, you you got it, God. Yeah. You got it. That's, that's it. Faith. Faith. That's it. Faith. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so we shared our stories, and it's a lot, both mm-hmm. of them. Like mm-hmm. I'm smiling right now, the whole back from the tears, thinking about everything we went through. But <laughs> sharing our stories is so important, and it's not just to hear us talk about ourselves. It's to really help and inspire others, other women, other young men out there, other people of color. You know. Um, to get checked out, to have a provider that they can go to and feel comfortable with so that mm-hmm. when they do have an issue or maybe even it's a non-issue, anytime they have something come up, they can feel comfortable. And so I know that you are the founder of a company called Oxygen yes. and you guys work on promoting um, this, sharing other mm-hmm. stories among other things. So can you talk to us about Oxygen, yeah. what it is you guys yeah. do? Yeah, so Oxygen was birthed from, again, my health scare and story. And when I was in that recovery phase, I remember talking to, like I said, friends, family members, and just saying, like, this just happened to me. 
at that moment I was open to talking about it because I I never told anybody so I felt like my mom um and maybe my sister about the the heavy bleeding and embarrassing moments that I did have I mean one story was with my boss and you know I bled on her seat that's a whole nother story oh for a different time okay. yeah 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 it was embarrassing super embarrassing but she was super compassionate in that in that moment that it happened and so in telling my story to the to, to several folks they had similar stories I'm like wait what this happened to you you've been living with fibroids and you've been having this issue as well wow I would have never known that and as I'm talking to it, another person would say they had it, or a friend, family. I was talking to men, they're talking about their wives, their mom. And I'm like, wow, why is this not something that is more so taught about when we go to the gynecologist or when we go somewhere, you know, and as health issues that impact Black women, because it's about 80% of those who are impacted with fibroids are African American women. Mm. So with such a large number and it's more of a commonplace, why did I learn about this? Right. Like, why did I know about this? And why, when I was experiencing heavy bleeding, wasn't say, I wasn't told that maybe you have a fibroid. Mm-hmm. And if I did, if you even if you did tell me a fibroid, I didn't I wouldn't have known that they can grow as rapidly as they can. You could have multiple fibroids and then they can lead to infertility and a host of other issues, anemia, et cetera. I didn't have this information. And because I didn't have this information, I was infuriated because I didn't have it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I didn't want anyone else to go through that. So I was like, you know what? I don't want to create a space that women can connect with each other. They can share their stories. So I couldn't be a hypocrite. I had to share my story. So I shared my story. I was like, well, I needed to live somewhere. So I created Oxygen. It's a platform. It's a hybrid of things. We're still building it out. But it's a place where women can have conversations, again, share their stories, connect with each other, connect to resources. That's another goal is to connect women to the resources that they need, especially women of color, to the resources that they need, whether it is support financially, whether it is more information, whether it is, um, you know, finding doctor, whatever it is that they need, just helping them in that space. The other thing is, so that's the sharing their stories, the connection. So mm-hmm. share, connect. And the third tenet that we have is to bridge, the bridge. And that's bridging the gap in health equity and in health care. We know that people of color, there is definitely inequities in health care, right? Yeah. We know that there are social determinants of health or and they greatly impact the quality of life that we have. It impacts our health, right? So that's food. That's education, that's housing, that's um, work environment. There's several of these things. So how can we bridge the gap? Well, what I think we can do is definitely advocate for ourselves, be our own voice. Mm -hmm. You have to, again, by sharing your story, again, by connecting with other women. The other things we need buy-in from both academic um, our partners, we need it from public sector and private sector. I was ecstatic when I saw that Congresswoman Yvette Clark and Kamala and um, Vice President-elect uh, Kamala Harris both supported these bills um, for uh, fibroid research. Mm-hmm. Again, fibroid greatly impact and in fact affect African American women, and yeah. so you know to see that the government 
public sector is actually trying to do um, what's right and what's needed in getting the, the research and the resources for us to find a cure for this. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's, it, it's and it's not just here in the U.S. It's all over the world. Women are are being uh, having being uh, impacted by fibroids. So that's what oxygen is. Um, and like I said, it's being built out. The mm-hmm. one other thing that we I, we strongly support is journaling and writing these things out. I find that it is therapeutic. Um, it can help to get your thoughts down. Mm-hmm. You can refer to them later on. You know, sometimes when we're just thinking and our mind is all over the place, it's hard to kind of collect this. To collect it in one space has been helpful. It was helpful for me in my healing um, process afterwards. So yeah, that's auction. It's like my, it's my labor of love. It's my yeah. baby. I hope to build it out more in 2021. And the irony in this is, is 2019 when I had the healthcare, I said 2020 is going to be my year of health. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was going to be a year of health for people around the world. Yeah, it is literally <laughs> the year of health. Health care is on the minds of every person unless they're just not able or you know have the capacity to understand what's going on but other than that this is a year of health for everyone so i was just like wow i get to share this focus with so many folks and now we're just seeing it it's it front and center with covid it's if you see it on social media you see it on the news you see you hear in conversation podcasts it's everywhere and the focus is health you know now we have the vaccine coming out you know again we were talking about like this distrust and doctor or do we take the vaccine do we not take the vaccine all Mm -hmm. these things like you know so even oxygen having conversations about that distrust with doctor like how do we do that you know hopefully to have conversation starters that's what i also go out have for options conversation starters so you know i think i i, I used my time on my pitch for option <laughs> no no <laughs> I'm working on pitch you know no. how to have the perfect pitch <laughs> that's another plug shameless plug but that's coming soon actually working on this article that'll be coming out soon about um pitching the perfect you so yeah that's awesome like everything the work that you're doing, the space that you're in, trying to connect women and others to share their mm-hmm. stories. It's its really remarkable. And I can't wait thank to see you. where it goes. So who, thank you, thank you. You're so welcome. So who actually is oxygen for? Is it just for women? Is it for certain kinds of women? Like who, who is the target audience? Mm-hmm. So the target audience um, would definitely it's for women so let me just put it out there it's it's for women because um sorry when i I thought about this no but at the same time we do need allies right and we do need partnerships so it's 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 targeted to towards women and especially women of color Mm -hmm. um, because again there's these the health equities and inequities that um that we drive to hopefully bridge that gap and we may not be able to you know close it fully ourselves we definitely need help and partnerships and and all of that but we hope to at least bridge it in some form and we're going to need everyone to do it health i think women's health is just not for women it's for everyone because without women you know what 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 we will have we do we do need the world to make it go round right true true. (laughs) who runs the world girls Girls, come on we gotta listen to what sister beyonce told us a long time ago 
but um, no, but yeah. So, I mean, it's for everyone, really. It, it is. But the focus is um, women, and especially, again, women of color, because there, there are gaps there. That makes sense. So yeah. what are your goals for the company over the next few years? We heard you give a yeah. little tidbit on next year, but where, where do you see this yeah. going big picture? Yeah, you know what? Uh, this is a very loaded question. Um, the, 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 I'll say this. The most important thing for me when it comes to oxygen and what I, what I want for it is the fact that if it can help just one person. If this, if the, the company, the idea of the company, whatever. If it could just help one woman, maybe you can even have a man who will help a woman to advocate for their help, health, to to get them to the resources that they need, and for us to at least, even if it's a small dent or just a small bridge the 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 gaps in healthcare, then it would have done its purpose. It would have it would have fulfilled its mission. Mm-hmm. Now of course I would love for it to scale and be this big, you know, uh great <laughs> platform yeah. or organization and have it globally and all that. And of course that's vision, that's big thinking, that's what I would want. But if I if I, I needed to stay true to what even got me started was the fact that I just wish that I just had some more information about something. Mm-hmm. I wish I just had known that when we're going through through this, that there were resources out there for me where to find it. You know, when it comes to even um, alternatives to surgery, different types of surgeries out there. As you know, I had to have a my uh, abdominal myomectomy. You know how, how what our treatment methods after surgery post-op i did a, po- a blog post on post-op depression uh, a teach me something series i think a blog post and teach me something series on post-op depression which is real i didn't know what it was um yeah i think that that's what i want i just really wanted to help people my mission i believe my purpose on this earth is to help people mm-hmm. yeah and you do. You've helped me tremendously. And now you'll be helping so many more. So what if somebody who's listening today does have that question? How can I find resources? Who can I go to if I have questions? How can our listeners find out more about Oxygen? What's y'all's yeah. social media? Sure. So I, um, you can go to the website for starters, and that is www.oxxgyn.com. So that's auction.com. You can also find us on Instagram, and that is underscore oxxgyn. And I do have a Facebook, but um, building that out. So more details on that. But if you do want more research um, resources, you can subscribe on the website. You can DM me on Instagram, and I will do my best to get you in contact with the the um, proper people or the right side or whatever it is. I will do my best to, to, to try to help um, in that regard. So yep, if you just feel free to hit me up, hit me up. Yeah, I, I, I have to be. This is a transparency moment for me too. Also. The social media game has changed a lot, uh-huh. and um, I hadn't been on social media for years. I'm talking about like it was an eight-year hiatus, and I got back on uh, 
this year, earlier in March, when I launched Oxygen, mm -hmm. for real. So the space is different. So I'm still learning. So please take it easy on a sister. <laughs> what is it subscribe to the website dm me yeah you know, in the follow DMs. me right follow me on instagram you know get my follow help me to get my followers up exactly. <laughs> and also i am open to criticism if it is something that you aim is something you want to talk about if it's something that you know you don't like whatever it is i am open to criticism so there you go. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that was You're wonderful. Uh, I'll make sure that I subscribe. I'm sure that yes, I have, but subscribe. I'll definitely go back. I think you back. have. I think you have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You've been a, you've been an early adopter to oxygen, so I appreciate you. No worries. So, are there any other tips that you have regarding health and wellness before thirty? I mean, we shared our stories, mm -hmm. and they were real, realer than yeah. real. But real, is there real. anything that young people should be doing? You know, mm -hmm. as they creep up to 30 yeah. anything you can think of yeah i would say the first thing is to listen to your body it talks yeah you may you may not have a a, a voice like in speech what we're doing here but it does talk you have to listen to it if you're feeling you know, different, not like yourself, listen to that. If you're seeing changes in your body, look at that. If you're seeing, you may be gaining weight and you're, do you not a person who really gains weight like that? Look at that. See, it may not be the extra chips that you had or the extra plate of Thanksgiving. It may be some other health issue. Pay attention to body. Um, the other thing is, you know, to do research. Mm -hmm. Google, Professor Google yep. works. If you look things up on Google, you'll find it. Now, I'm not saying, you know, just go be, uh, get your MD from WebMD. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you really want to go see an MD, but you do want to do your research. Um, the world is connected like never before through the internet and through platforms and social media and all that. The other thing, have conversations. Don't be afraid. I know it's hard because, again, being vulnerable, although I think I'm seeing the millennial generation. What are they? Y, X, Z. Oh, generation. iPhone generation. X, Z. No, because, no. Is it Y? Y, Z. Z, maybe I Z. Z. I don't know. <laughs> Z. The, the one after millennials. There we go. <laughs> Yeah, I think they're... I do think they're very bold. They they're more open and transparent than generations before, and so I am. I take great confidence in that um, that they will advocate for things that are important. Mm -hmm. So make health your health important. You know, and if you have to make it fun, make it fun. You know, if you need to use TikTok and do a dance about health, do that. Maybe mm -hmm. that's a good idea. Maybe I need to do that, right? Give me a TikTok account, start dancing to like about health or something. Make yes. a rap or something like that. Make a rap, girl. <laughs> Make a rap, exactly. Nikki J on the ones and twos. Hello, hey. man. This is what I do. You know, I'm not going to start it here, but. Go ahead. You know. I got you with the beat. No, no, we're not. We're not. Mm -hmm. My fiance always, always say, what, because you're from Brooklyn, you think you can rap? 
I mean, yeah, duh, no. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, you know, hit, make healthcare fun so they can be a conversation that everyone's open to. Um, it needs to be a household conversation. Talk to your family. I know this is a long-winded, like, next steps, but talk to your family. Learn your family history is very, 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 very important to learn family history. Because, I mean, I didn't necessarily know my family history until after everything has transpired. So no family history. Um, and just be well. Be you. Be amazing. Be awesome. Be open. Be free. And subscribe to Oxygen. <laughs> www.oxxgyn.com. Absolutely. Follow me on Instagram, OXXGYN. Yes. <laughs> Underscore OXXGYN. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I agree with all of those tips. I think that, you know, we do need to know our, our family history. We need to listen to our bodies. But you also need to get up and start going to the doctors and actually yes. get those annual screenings done, get the testing mm -hmm. done, walk away from fear you know, yeah. that you don't want to hear bad news and just go. Yeah. If you're not feeling yeah. well, listen to yourself and go to the doctors. If that doctor treats you wrong, find another doctor. And if that yeah. one treats you wrong, go to another doctor until you find don't the right one for you who's understanding. Don't give you. in. Yeah. Absolutely. That's... Don't give up and don't give in. So everybody is different. Yeah. And you are too. You are unique. You're beautifully crafted. So you got to take care of the craft. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're down to our final thoughts. As we Woo! close out <laughs> this show, one thing that we do okay. here at No Worries Under 30s, actually No Worries Before 30s. <laughs> All right. Um, what we do is try to leave with a closing thought, something helpful, mm -hmm. something um, like a tidbit of knowledge for the viewers. Mm -hmm. So this week, since we're talking about health, I would love for you to answer our final question, which is mm -hmm. in your thirties now, I had to switch mm -hmm. it up. Typically it's before 30, but I didn't yep. tell you that you're my first guest over 30. So, wow. I so I'm your geriatric guest. That's messed up, man. It's all good. But we love you. We love you. We really I'm do. I'm seasoned. That's all. Exactly. Seasoned. I'm just seasoned. Seasoned. Yep. So now. Yep. Just like some good Aki and Sawfish, you know how to throw that in there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So now, in your 30s, how do you want to take more control of your health? It can either be how you feel personally or how you want to change the world and change others' views on health through your company. So just any bits of knowledge that you have on that. Okay. So like when they get in their 30s. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would say don't be afraid of the 30s. Mm -hmm. And don't feel like you have to accomplish everything before you reach 30. Yeah. Because there's still lots of left. Um. Don't let anyone push you into making certain decisions because you feel like you're getting older because you're reaching 30. Embrace 30. It's good. I mean, 29 was really rough for me. I did not want to be 30 because I felt like I did not accomplish half the stuff that I thought I would by 30. And then when I got into 30s, I was like, I really don't care. I'm just going to do what I got to do. And I'm like, I'll get it. Mm -hmm. Um i will it will happen so you know enjoy your 20s 
take care of your good, take care of yourself in your 20s so that when you get in your 30s, you still, you know, can enjoy it and you still could be young and everything else. So yeah, don't be afraid of 30. I like it, that. it gets better. It gets better. Trust me. You start caring a lot less about what people say. Trust me. When you get in your thirties, and now that I hit <laughs> thirty-five, it's like I really is starting to care a little less and less and less each year. So, yeah. Yes. Can't wait to reach that mark. Just yeah. stop caring about what others. Just stop caring think. as much. You still care, but you just care a lot less. You don't mm-hmm. care as much what you think because you're in your thirties now, and it's just like okay, it didn't happen soon as I hit 30 but it'll happen just put your goals in you know outline your goals and just work towards them little by little you'll just see that you know everybody everybody doesn't do it early early on I love Judd Judy and she didn't start her show until she was in her 50s and now look at her so many people like that you know but we highlight and underscore those who are super young and doing it the first billionaire self-made billionaire at 23 and all this mm-hmm. stuff and that's what the op it's optics don't worry about the options just do you just do you just do you just do you i, I don't even know what i could add to that like you stated it wonderfully just do you just be do the you. best you that you can be and that's exactly it. be so. healthy stay well yeah so that's all that we have for our show today thanks so much for listening thank you for having me yes thank you for being here nikki um to all of our viewers please subscribe like share this podcast yes yes and also give us feedback let us know do you take care of yourself now like do you have questions regarding health care have you ever had a health scare like let us know Mm -hmm. we'd love to talk back to you yeah absolutely um thanks again Sheila for having me on this show and um I'm just so proud of what you're doing and I know this is you're going to be a great success so come on y'all share like subscribe any everything you have to do all of that all All of that (laughs) all of it and do it before 30 right right and after 30 and after (laughs) thanks guys take care take care bye everyone